Blog Talk Radio. Embrace Today is brought to you by Whole House Ministries. Host pre Curry will inspire listeners to embrace their today with hope and expectation with a focus of bringing about freedom, healing, and restoration through the Word of God. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Good morning and welcome to Embrace Today. I am your host, Epri Curry, and this morning we are going to be talking from the topic of having the right answer. Uh, This morning we'll be coming from Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 39. And before we go into that, I just want to um, let you all know that there, I'm having some trouble with the phone, so if the call drops, there's something wrong with the blog talk system. So I'm going to continue on with the show. However, it may get cut off. So just in case it gets cut off, I'll try to call back in um, and see if it lets me. But we're going to be talking from the topic of having the right answer. Um, There's a difference between having an answer and having the answer. When we talk about having an answer, that means that there's more than one answer to a problem. But when we talk about having the answer, there is just one answer to a problem or a situation And we want that answer. We want to be able to have the answer when there's only one way to resolve a situation. And so this morning, as we look at Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 39, we'll talk about some um, things that we'll come across. Because when we have the right answer, when we have the answer, it can change our life, but it can also change the lives of those people that are around us. Um, Oftentimes we know that there are people that are going through different things and there are people that have different situations and different questions about things. However, they're looking... Um, they're looking in the wrong places for the answer. But when we have the answer and when when people find out that we have the answer, just like you, when you found out um, the right answer, you were drawn to that. You were drawn to the resolution to your problem. You're drawn to wanting to get things corrected in your life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And also with having the right answer, it will cause people to talk about you. It will cause people to um, say things about you that may not necessarily be true, but because you have something um, that they need or that they want, it may cause them to want to get close to you. So let's look at Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 39. We'll start with verse 36. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Okay, so when having the right answer, we we have to know that we'll connect with those that don't necessarily like us. 
Um, the Pharisees were a religious group of people that didn't necessarily like Jesus. Um, they wanted they they wanted to uh, criticize him. They wanted to find fault in him. Um, they thought that they knew who Jesus was, but they weren't portraying him. They wanted to follow all of the out, outer things of um, being a religious person, and so they wanted to look the part. They wanted to sound the part, yet their hearts were far from Christ. And so this Pharisee, he invited Jesus into his house um, for dinner. And so we would sometimes think that when Someone doesn't like us, and if they invite us somewhere or they invite us to dinner, we would automatically want to decline the invitation. However, Jesus, he went into this Pharisee's house, and he went and he had dinner with him. And sometimes when we are um, going throughout our life's journey, we will connect with people that do not like us. They don't. They may not like you, but they like what you have, and they want to know more about what is in you. And so sometimes we may have to connect with people that don't necessarily like us. If we look at um, the passage of Scripture, we'll notice that when Jesus went into the house, he reclined at the table. He wasn't sitting up paranoid, looking around, seeing um, if, the do, if the Pharisee was going to try to do anything to him. He wasn't... Um, sitting there trying to bash the Pharisee, but he went in to have dinner with him, and he reclined at the table, meaning he sat back, he put his guard down, and he let loose. And so he accepted the invitation that the person, or that one of the people that he knew did not like him, one of the people that he knew um, tried to set him up, one of the people that he knew um, was a hypocrite, one of the people that he criticized, um, he criticized the Pharisees harshly in Matthew chapter 23. And so he connected with those that did not like him. He did not let um, them not liking him. He did not let the Pharisee not liking him stop him from connecting with him and being that witness that he was able to be. He did not let that invitation. Um, he did not let that invitation go by and not go with the Pharisee just because he knew that they were trying to set him up. At times, he knew at times that there were they were um, leading people astray. But he accepted this invitation. He went into the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. And so, when we have the answer, when we are going through our life and we ourselves have found the answer to a problem when we have found the answer to life, when we have found the answer to other situations in our life, there will be people that will recognize that we have the answer. And there will be people that want to know, how did you do that? How did you get through that particular situation? How did you get through the fact that your child continue to mess up? How did you get through that situation without going crazy? How did you get through the situation with um, living in a, in a situation where you had nothing, living in a situation where you had nothing, yet you didn't lose anything? How did you get, in a, get out of the situation? And so there's people that will want to connect with you when you have the answer. There are people in our families. There are people that are in our communities and on our jobs. There are people that are coming into to our churches that are looking for answers, when we see people that are um, drinking and, and smoking and, and acting out, they are looking for something. They are looking for something. They are trying to fill a void that is within them. 
And so when we have the answer, when we have been to prison and have been released and changed our lives around, there are other people that want to know, how did you do that? They may not necessarily like you, but they want to know how you did what you did. There may be people um, in your family that has taken from you. There may be people that you know that you just know has blatantly um, just ruined your name, just threw your name in the mud, but yet you may have an answer that they need. And so we have to make sure that when we have the answer that we're connecting with those that don't like us. You know why? Because this is not about us. Everything we do is not about us. It is all about Christ. It is all about the kingdom. And if we can help someone better themselves, why would we not want to connect with them? When we put ourselves out of the way and we begin to connect with those that we know don't like us, those that we know criticize us, those that we know try to trap us, those that we know that try to make themselves look good on the outside, but in the inside they're tore up, they're broken, they're so far from the truth, when we accept um, their invitations and connect with them, when we reach out to them, when we open our arms to them, then we'll be able to assist them in the issues that they have in their life. And so we have to know that when we have the answer, everyone that we connect with is not going to be our friend. Everyone that we connect with is not going to be someone that looks like us. Everyone that we connect with is not going to be someone that is a fan of ours. But the whole point is Jesus knew that they did not like him. He knew that they talked about him. He knew that they um, were hypocrites. He knew that they were leading people astray. Yet when he was invited by them, by him, he went and he went into the house and he reclined at the table. He went in, he sat down, and he let loose. He did not have his guard up, but he went in and reclined at the table in the house of someone that he knew, that he blatantly knew uh, was one of his worst critics. And so we have to know that when we have the answer, there's going to be people that want to connect with us that don't like us. But we have to not take it personal. We can't take it personal because, again, this is not about us. When we are trying to be like Christ and when we are trying to follow him, we have to follow the things that he did. And so it may not be easy for you to just accept this invitation, but it should be easy for you to humble yourself and try to be like him, which would make it easy for you to accept an invitation from someone that you know does not like you. And so, again, when we have the answer, when we have the answer, we'll connect with those that don't necessarily like us. And get this, sometimes when people don't like us, it's because they don't really know us. They're going based off of what other people have said. They may be going off of a little piece of something that they um, heard us say or a little piece of something that they saw us do, and they don't necessarily like us. So when we connect with them and when they get to know us, that relationship also has an opportunity to become um, a good relationship. It has a, an opportunity to become mended. It has an opportunity to become whole and restored if we are able to connect with people that don't like us. Because if we would be honest with ourselves, there's people that we say that we don't like that we don't even know. 
It's just something about them that we say that we don't like. And so because there's something about them that we don't like, we don't even give them a chance. Um, there may be things that they do that we don't like. Um, there may be things that they put on social media that we don't like. There may be things that um, we've heard about them and we say we don't like them. We have not even given them a chance, yet we say that we don't like them. And so when we get to the place to where we remove ourselves out of the situation and try to become more like Christ, then we'll connect with those that don't like us. And to flip it around, we'll connect with those whom we don't like. And so when we have the answer and we're able to bring resolve to someone else's situation, when we're able to bring insight and we're able to bring um, freedom and healing and that restoration, when we're able to bring wholeness to someone else's situation, then we'll connect with those that may not necessarily like us. So let's look at verses 37 through 38. It says, a woman stood in that town who lived a sinful life. I'm sorry, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she, then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. And so just pause before I go on to the second point. Not only was he at the Pharisee's house, but he reclined at the table and he was eating. He was taking part in what the Pharisee had prepared for him. And so, again, he did not go in there with his guard up. He did not go in there paranoid. He, Jesus went in there, he reclined, and he was eating. He was taking part in what the Pharisee had prepared for him. And sometimes we're so caught up in ourselves, sometimes we're so caught up in trying to um, make sure someone doesn't do something to us or so caught up in self-protecting ourselves that we are messing up an opportunity that we have to be a witness for Christ. But if we would let our guard down and stop trying to protect ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and allow the Holy Spirit to protect us, then we'll be able to connect with people in a way that we were never able to connect with them before. Sometimes people don't like us, and sometimes people are doubting us, and sometimes people are discrediting us because they don't recognize what they are doing. But when we let our guard down and when we begin to connect in ways that we haven't connected before, then we'll be able to be that vessel that the Lord can use to bring insight to the, pe to the people that do not like us. And so when we have the answer, make sure that you are open to each and every person that comes your way. Because listen, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we, it was like we were by his side and we were his right-hand man, and sometimes we're not even his right-hand man now while we are going through this journey. So it wasn't like we were that um, when he died for us. And so as we are going through this journey, don't try to pick and choose who you want to connect with, and don't try to pick and choose and separate yourself from people that are not like you, from people that you know don't um don't understand you. Try to connect with everyone because Christ connected with everyone. He knew that the Father had sent him and that the Father would protect him. And so if we are in Christ and we know that he is sending us and we know that he is protecting us, then we don't have to try to protect ourselves from other people knowing that we are following the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
self-protect ourselves when we have the answer within us to assist other people. But sometimes we're so selfish. We're so selfish in keeping what we have. We're so selfish in trying to protect ourselves, and we're so selfish in trying to do things our way in, in a way that's comfortable for us that we're hindering other people from being restored, from seeing the real Christ, the true Christ that is in us, the true love that we should be showing. We're hindering people from seeing that because we're trying to self-protect ourselves. And so we have to get to the place to where we let our guard down. We cannot protect ourselves. While we're trying to protect ourselves, we are making situations worse. And so regardless of if someone likes you, if they don't like you, if they criticize you, if they don't criticize you, if they try to set you up, allow the Holy Spirit to protect you. Um, allow the Lord to lead you where he is taking you because, again, you have the answer. The answer is in you. And so sometimes um, – situations can be, could have been resolved a long time ago, but because we are trying to be in control and because we are trying to take matters into our own hands, the situation is dragging out. And so, again, he was invited, he went in, he reclined at the table, and he was eating at the Pharisee's house. And so just take that in. He was in there, he was reclining, and he was eating. So, again, that a woman in that town who lived a sinful life, she learned that he was there. And so he not only connected with those that didn't like him, but then get this, when we have, when we have the right answer, the unlikely will seek us out. Um, it says a woman in the town who lived a sinful life. She lived a sinful life, and when we live a sinful life, if we can think about our own lives, number one, because we always want to look at what other people are doing, and we want to talk about what other people are doing, but we don't want to look at our life and our sins and the things that we are doing wrong, but when we are living a sinful life, it's shameful, it's embarrassing, we don't... Um, we don't want to just put it out on a, a, a pedestal for people to see. So this woman who lived that sinful, a sinful life, she learned that Jesus was eating there. So she came there. She came to him. She came with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood there at his feet, she was weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. This woman, she, this unlikely woman who she sought him out, she came uninvited. Number one, so she risked facing a possible rejection. She humbled herself, and she began to weep at his feet. She was humble enough to, to acknowledge that she didn't have the answer, and she knew who did have the answer. And so she went looking for him, and when she learned, um, she learned where he was, and she went looking for him at that place. And when she found him, when she found the answer, she humbled herself at his feet. And then she began to um, cry and she began to kiss, kiss his feet and she poured this perfume on his feet because she acknowledged who he was. She acknowledged that she had received the answer. She knew that he had the ability to restore her. She knew that he had the ability to help her get to where she needed to be in her life. And so we have to recognize that there are going to be some unlikely people, some people that have been rejected, some people that have been dismissed, some people that have been written off, some people that have been ridiculed. There are going to be people that will seek us out because they know that we have the answer. And so we have to get to the place to where we know that when we have the answer, we aren't withholding it from ourselves. But then get this, we can't hold the answer that we have in us 
um, for the unlikely and not give it to the ones that don't like us just because they don't like us. He had the answer for the ones that didn't like him, and he had the answer for the unlikely. The answer is the answer. When we have the answer, we have the answer. And we can't pick and choose who we are going to help in our life. We can't pick and choose who we want to assist with the answer that we have within us because, listen, Christ is in us, not for us, but for himself, for his glory, for him to get all glory for everything that we do. And so it doesn't matter if someone doesn't like you or it doesn't matter if someone has been rejected. Regardless of the fact, if people are coming to you looking for the answer, if they are coming to you looking for the answer, and again, the answer is not you, the answer is the God that is in you and how they can get to that place of restoration, how they can get to that place of freedom and healing healing, when you have the answer, you are willing to give it no matter what because you recognize that it is not about you. It is not about you at all. You are not going to withhold anything from anyone because the Lord has no respecter of persons. And so he's not just going to give it to one person and not the other. Christ died for all. He died for all. And so when we get to the place to where we are recognizing that we have the answer and know that there's going to be people that don't like us that will try to connect with us. And then there will also be um, those people that are unlikely, the unlikely people that will look for the answer. They want to know um, how they can be made whole. They want to know how they can get to a place of restoration. They want to know how they can get to the place of wholeness, how they can get to the place of living uh, their life and living it more abundantly. And so sometimes people don't know how to get there. And so they'll ask you, how do I do this? How do I do that? We want to 100% make sure that we are removing ourselves from the situation and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all that we do. And so let's look at 39. It says, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And so when we, are, when we have the answer, we have to know that there will be people that will connect with us that don't like us. We have to know that the unlikely will seek us out. But then we also have to know that even the most religious will doubt who we are. Although he invited Christ into his house to have dinner with him, and although he reclined at the table, because there was an unlikely person who came in and was touching him, um, he doubted who Christ was. Um, sometimes we get to a place of self-righteousness where we think that um, what we have, the answer that we have or the answer that we need um, can only be given to certain people, or we think that we're so um, self-righteous and so holy that when someone else that doesn't look like us comes along, then we begin to um, doubt the power of God, meaning saying that God worked for me and will work for me, but God can't work for another person. And so even the most religious people will doubt you when you are assisting those people that are unlikely, those people um, that have been written off. The, the most religious will doubt you. The Pharisees was a group of people that did everything right on the outside, but they were wrong on the inside. They were hollow on the inside. Their hearts were not right. They did not have the right motives. They were leading people astray. Um, they knew how to say the right things. They knew the word, but they were not following the word. And so they were a religious group of people, yet they 
They doubted the power of Christ because of this woman. They doubted who he was because of this woman. And they said if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. We're all sinners. We're all, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. We all have sinned. And so none of us are perfect. And if he can work for you, then he can work for anyone else. And so we don't want to doubt who Christ is because of who he assists. We don't want to doubt who he is because he works um, for every, on everyone's behalf. But we want to get to the place to where we are not allowing our self-righteousness to get in the way of someone else receiving the answer because we think that we're better than someone else or we think that they're not good enough or we think that what he did for us, he can't do for others or we think that they have gone so far astray that they cannot be saved or that they cannot be assisted. But we have to recognize and know that Jesus Christ died for all and whosoever that comes to him, whosoever accepts him, whosoever believes that he died on the cross for them, whosoever has the ability to have eternal life. And so we can't get to the place to where we are so focused on ourselves that we are doubting who Christ is because of who he is assisting. He died for everyone, and we don't want to count anyone out. We don't want to X anyone out because he has the ability to make things happen. Luke one thirty seven says, nothing is impossible with God. And so we have to recognize that, that nothing is impossible with God. He has the answers. All the answers are within him. And so he is within us. And so he is able to give us the answer that we need to assist other people. Christ is the ultimate answer. And so when we are leading people throughout their journey and assisting people and helping them get to where they need to be, we always want to keep our mind focused on Christ as we are walking them through each and every situation that they may have. So regardless of of what it is, if they are dealing with a child, if they are dealing with finances, if they are dealing with a marriage, if they are dealing with issues on their job, if they are dealing with sibling issues, if they are dealing with um, parental issues, if they are dealing with a sexual or physical abuse, regardless of what they are dealing with, the, answer, the ultimate answer is Christ. And when we are walking them through that process of getting them to wholeness and restore, we want to, number one, make sure that we recognize that we know that we are not the Holy Spirit, we are not God, we cannot change them, but we can assist them through the process. And so when we have the answer, we know the answer, we can assist people in that manner. However, we have to stay focused on him and allow him to lead us into leading other people. Don't count people out because of their situation. Don't count people out because they don't necessarily like you. Because, again, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about him. And so we have to recognize that when we have the answer, that there will be people that will connect with us that don't like us, the unlikely will seek us out, and even the most religious will doubt us. Because, again, everyone doesn't look like what people think they should look like. And when people are coming to Christ, when they come to Christ, they are coming as they are. Everyone is different. Everyone does not come the same. Everyone does not look the same. Everyone does not act the same. And then once they get there, they're still not going to look the same, act the same, talk the same. Everyone is different. And so we have to allow the Lord to lead people and allow the Lord to be Lord in anyone's life. And let them be themselves. Let them be who God created them to be. 
Because, again, everyone is not going to do things the way that we do them. Everyone is not going to talk the way that we talk. But people have the ability, and they should be who God created them to be. They should not try to mock someone else or be someone else trying to please anyone else because that's not freedom. That's still bondage when they're trying to live their life to please someone other than Christ. And so, again, know when you have the answer, you have the ability to assist people to wholeness, regardless of who they are or where they come from. Do not take your eyes off of Christ when leading people because he is the ultimate answer and he knows everything. Nothing is impossible with him. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, for us to be able to come together, Lord, and discuss your word and and hear from you this morning, Lord. We ask you for your wisdom, O oh God, as we begin to go out, plan our day, and go out into the world today, Lord. I pray that you open our eyes and ears, Lord, that we may see and hear, Lord, who you are trying to um, get us to assist, Lord. I pray that we follow your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we can do this pleasing to you and not our flesh, O oh God. I pray that you help us to be able to remove ourselves from the situation, Lord, and let us help us to be able to connect with those that we know may not necessarily like us, oh God, and, and those that we may know that may not that um, may have been rejected or dismissed, the unlikely person, oh God, and then help us, Lord, not to become um, so religious and, and help us not to become self-righteous and help us to stay focused even when the religious doubt us, even when people doubt um, the very God that is within us, Lord, help us to stay focused on you and pleasing you, Lord. Lord, we need you, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace Today. You can further connect with Whole House Ministries by viewing our website at www.wholehouseministries.org, liking Whole House Ministries on Facebook, and following at Curry on Twitter. Be blessed and embrace your today.